Welcome to the AI Learners Lounge. I'm your host, Cambria, and this is a podcast where AI meets learning and development. From exploring how AI facilitates individual learning to understanding its integration into broader organizational strategies, we tackle it all. Every episode brings fresh perspectives, innovative ideas, and actionable advice for those looking to weave AI into the fabric of the modern learning experiences. Join me as we navigate the intersection of technology and human potential right here on the AI Learner Lounge. Welcome back to the AI Learner Lounge podcast. I'm your host, Cambria, and today's episode, episode eight, it's going to center squarely on you. So not your organization, not your learning and development or instructional design team, but you as a professional and how to future-proof your career in a world with AI. Now, I did hesitate to do this particular theme just because there's a lot of fear-mongering out there, whether it's AI will take your job or AI won't replace you, a person using AI will. And I'm not saying either of those aren't true because they very well could be, but we don't need to be afraid. We can plan and we can prepare and be ready for this new future. As companies start adopting AI, we have to keep up and we have to learn. And part of that comes with AI literacy. But there's another side of it that I think a lot of ourselves are finding ourselves in this position is companies that haven't set AI policy, or they're not adopting and innovating with AI. And most importantly, they're not investing in AI literacy for employees. So that's something that we need to do on our own. We can't rely on our companies to help prepare us for this future. A recent conference board survey found that just 26% of their employees say that their company has an AI policy in place. So where does that leave the rest of us? 34%, they have no policy. Less than a quarter are under development. And 17% of employees just don't know, which in of itself is a problem. But for that 26 that do have the policy, what it didn't say in the press release, but it's very likely that that policy could actually be a ban and not an investment and innovation with AI. So if you find yourself in a challenging position where you don't have a policy or you do but technology is banned, that can be extremely limiting and frustrating and it can be a real risk to your future career. I think we all want to do the right thing and do right by our companies, but that's kind of hard to do if the expectations aren't clear or if we don't necessarily agree to them or have input into them which that does bring risk for the organizations with employees not knowing how to use it, uh, if there's no policy, or doing it anyways if it's banned. That's something Ethan Morlock got into a while back. He shared about secret cyborgs and employees who are using it anyways on their phones or personal computers. And if your organization doesn't have a policy or they banned it, those secret cyborgs working in the shadows are probably going to be more productive than you. And they're going to be spending time on more creative and innovative work, that high importance, low urgency ones. And they're going to continue to develop and hone their skills. Now, that doesn't mean you need to go out and become a secret cyborg. I think those policies organizations have in place, those risks are real, but you can't ignore AI just because your organization is. And then if we look beyond the secret cyborgs in your organizations, the other employees at companies that are adopting AI and they are innovating long-term, that's really where your competition's going to be because those that are openly using it, 
they're gaining and developing skills, and they're getting actual learning and development AI projects to showcase. So that puts us, if we're not doing it in our organizations, at a real disadvantage. And those companies are the ones that are going to be shaping what learning and development looks like and the different roles that come along with it. So if we think about what those roles might be, that's really where we can focus on the types of skills that we want to be developing. For example, we could have a learning and development AI specialist that collaborates with tech teams, learning professionals, and instructional designers, creating optimized workflows, implementing AI tools that are specific to enhancing the learning process or the learning workflow. We can also look maybe at e-learning developers. That's going to be a different skill set that they need to be able to work with the API and create adaptive scenarios, integrate chatbot um, functionality. So it's part tech on that. It's part prompt skills and it's part instructional design too. So that brings a whole lot of different roles and possibilities for career growth in the future. So think about what your current role is, whether you're actually developing e-learnings, whether you're doing the strategizing analysis, maybe planning training sessions or facilitating them. And you can really think about where you want to go in your career and how AI might fit into it. And that's what should drive your development. Ew. Gotta get rid of this old Backstreet Boys t-shirt. Tell me why. Because it stinks, boys. Tell me why. I've washed it so many times, but the odor won't come out. Tell me why. No, you tell me why I can't get rid of this odor. Have you tried Downy Rinse and Refresh? It doesn't just cover up odors. It helps remove them. Wow, it worked, guys. Yeah. Downy Rinse and Refresh removes more odor in one wash than the leading value detergent in three washes. Find it wherever you buy laundry products. If we think about how we want to map out the different skills that we need to develop, a skill taxonomy is a really good way to look at it just for a specific role. We often see different lists out there that say the top five or the top seven skills learning and development professionals need, but those skills are going to be different and they're going to look different for every position. Or if we look at the future workforce skills with critical thinking, what does that actually mean? So the problem with those is they're a little bit too generic. We want to get more role-specific and even individual-specific. How do you want to work with AI? What do you like to do? What can you offload to it? And that can help you define a little bit what your personal skill taxonomy is going to look like in this world where you're collaborating with AI. Now, we've talked about why we need to take ownership of our own AI development, because we can't leave it to our organizations. And we talked a little bit about what the future might look like with learning and development roles, but I really wanted to talk about how we can actually prepare and what we need to do to develop some of these skills. This is about doing what you can on your own terms in a way that works for you. So when I first started experimenting with ChatGPT, and shortly after I formed the AI Innovation Lounge, it was mainly because I faced a similar challenge. I knew I needed to learn AI, and I was really fascinated by it. But my main job working in government is obviously a different context than organizations, and we have even more risks with ethics and data privacy. So I recognized right away that if I wanted to use AI in a meaningful way, work would not be where I'd be doing it. 
I needed a way to experiment with AI, build my own capacity and capabilities, and then actually apply what I'm learning to solve real world problems. And so I did that outside of work. Just over the past 10 months, I moved from starting with no knowledge of ChatGPT to using it daily and developing workflows with other AI tools. So if you invest that time, you'll see first immediate results, but also a real long-term return on your investment. If we look back at that survey I mentioned before about the conference board, 44% have never used AI. So there's still a lot of opportunities to be on the forefront of this. You're not falling behind yet, but you do need to be in a position where you're future-proofing your career. And your learning journey and AI use, of course, it's going to be different than mine. And it does require a lot of self-directed learning. It doesn't have to be complicated. Ignore the thousands of AI tools on the market and just start with ChatGPT. It's widely recognized. It's easy to use. You can adapt it to many situations. There's thousands of use cases out there relating to learning and development, and it's relatively low cost. So that $20 or so monthly fee, it'll pay off quickly. Now, it not only gives you access to GPT for web browsing, you also get Dolly 3 for image generation. So it's kind of a tool two-in-one tool now. And it's going to be a foundational tool for any position, um, very likely. So it's something you'll need to learn. And if you're just getting started, start with personal use. How can it help you in your daily life? My first use case was building a weekly meal plan for my family. And it seems simple and straightforward, but I quickly learned that it needed to know more than I was giving it. So it needed to know about my picky eaters. It needed to know about our preferences, what we had the week before so we didn't get duplicate meals. And it was a really good way to just develop that back and forth conversation, learn what it needs from me and how it responds to what I give it. So just try one task. It could be something simple, maybe brainstorming a birthday gift, creating an exercise plan, maybe getting show recommendations. If you're stuck on something, just ask ChatGPT for ideas. And at this point, treat it as a conversation. You don't need to worry about creating these highly sophisticated mega prompts or prompt engineering or anything like that yet. Your goal is really just to learn how ChatGPT responds to you and the best way for you to give it that information and how you want to collaborate with it. So once you're comfortable with personal use, try out a hypothetical use case. One thing I do in different presentations that I do and workshops is presenting just a fictional onboarding scenario and brainstorming as a group different ways ChatGPT could be used both from our learning and development workflow perspective and from the learning experience itself too. And then just as important as prompting and collaborating with AI tools is being able to identify those use cases. So this will really help you understand how the tools can be used. And then if you're really serious about AI and learning and development, it might be helpful if you think about something that you know really well and you're an a expert on. And you can use AI to create a chatbot using a simple tool like Poe, which uses GPT, or a short explainer video that you script using ChatGPT, or maybe even a micro course. That's how you can get some of that hands-on experience working with AI. And if you do these things and you connect with others who are using AI or they're curious about it, you'll have a really strong foundation to grow 
grow on. So find that community, find individuals to connect with and grow with. Thank you for joining me for episode eight of the AI Learner Lounge podcast. Today, we talked about future-proofing your career in a world with AI. I hope you'll join me for our next episode and you can check out previous episodes too.